Britney and K-Fed have just gotten married. Gwen Stefani has gone solo, and American Idol is in its third season. But it's the series' first season winner who is grabbing all the attention. Kelly Clarkson releases her sophomore album Breakaway, and it is a runaway hit. With smash singles like Breakaway, Since You've Been Gone, Because of You, Behind These Hazel Eyes, and Walk Away, just to name a few, Kelly cements a name for herself in the music industry and turns from just an American Idol to a pop phenomenon. Join me as we take a trip back to the year 2004 and look back on the biggest era of Kelly Clarkson's music career. Career Breakaway. Hey everybody, my name is Michael Kadosh and I'm here to welcome you all to Planet 2000s, a place where we celebrate pop music's most iconic moments from the most iconic decade in pop music history. Let's dive in. Hey everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Planet 2000s. This is Michael Kodash here. First, before we begin, want to thank everybody who has been tuning in for the last couple of weeks and the last few episodes. I've been getting all your feedback and all your messages, whether it be on Instagram or just personal messages, and I just really appreciate it, you guys. Thank you so much for supporting. I am a music fanatic, and we all know that. To get to share that with you guys and maybe just have a moment of comfort or escapism for everybody while we're going through this hell of a pandemic, you know, it's really great that I can do that. So with that being said, we're going to get started with this week's episode. And this week, we're going to be talking about none other than the OG American Idol, Kelly Clarkson. A little brief backstory. We're going to be doing the album Breakaway, which was her second album. But, you know, she was the winner of American Idol. Before Breakaway came, Kelly Clarkson had won this new contest called American Idol. (laughs) It was like the biggest show in the world. I used to watch it every single week with my family. I used to, well, I guess we couldn't vote in Canada, but I definitely used to want to vote. (laughs) One Like sometimes contestants would get eliminated that I loved and I would be like really sad. It was just like a whole thing. Idol definitely was a huge part of the 2000s. And Kelly Clarkson started that entire thing. Kelly Clarkson was the first winner. She released her first album and it was really successful. We'll definitely talk about that album at another episode. But then, you know, there was always that idea of, you know, she's still the American Idol. She is manufactured. You know, a lot of people didn't respect American Idol when it first came out. A lot of people saw it as a gimmick and a lot of people didn't want to respect the artists that came out of it. I'm talking the first couple seasons where it was Kelly Clarkson and Ruben Studdard, Clay Aiken, Fantasia Barino, that whole era of winners. American Idol was not being taken seriously. And even though Kelly had a lot of success with her first album with hits like A Moment Like This, Miss Independent, she was still being looked at as an American Idol. So when she was going into work on this second album, she was very aware that is what people thought of her. Obviously, there are critics out there for anyone in any way you get in the business. Um, so obviously, there's people out there that, you know, are like, oh, you came from a TV show and it's manufactured. The funny thing about, I can't speak for any other type of show. Like, I know they have things like pop stars or other kinds of shows. But with the Idol show, the one I came from in America, I don't know about different countries, but I got to pick what I sang, what I wore, what I talked about. Anything that happened on the show was me. And no first-time artist gets to do that. The manufactured part, it's quite the opposite. You know, it's it's. I got to write on my first record. I got to tour and, and do things, you know, make my show how I wanted to without people making me do it. Um, you know, it's the opposite of being packaged. So I, I turned down, you know, two deals that came to me without the show, and they were horrible. And then you give me this option that I get to do anything I want, and then you're gonna give me a deal like that's 
I would be a moron to turn that down. So, you know, um, all I can say to, you know, people that are against the show is that's cool. Cut to the making of the second album, which we now know as Breakaway. Breakaway was released on November 30th, 2004 through RCA Records. It was executive produced by Clive Davis. Production on the album was held by Dr. Luke, Max Martin, John Shanks, Cara Diaguardi, Ben Moody, David Hodges, to name a few. At the time, she had just left her manager, Simon Fuller, who was basically the manager assigned to her when winning American Idol, and she started working with Jeff Quantinez. Like I said earlier, you know, she was still considered the American Idol. She had that kind of stigma on her music and came out with the album Breakaway, which was primarily a pop and rock record with elements of rock and soul music and the lyrical themes included heartbreak love and escapism and the sound like i said was rock and pop it was very different from the first record the first record was more pop and soul or r&b it wasn't as edgy and she definitely had more of an edge with this record the title of this album is breakaway the music kind of grew from the last album you know everybody grows and changes we ended up with breakaway doing a more rock album this past year has been kind of crazy so you know you always kind of feel like you want to break away from it breakaway process of recording and creating this album was a very interesting one for Kelly. She has, since the release of this album, obviously had many, many interviews, and she has gone on record to say a lot of things were pretty nasty in the making of this album. Just at the beginning of the process of making the album, she said in an interview back in April 2004, I've written most of the songs so far, but there's some people who have some stuff for me. I'm not one of those people who thinks you have to write everything. I'll sing it as long as I can relate to it. And that is something that Kelly has always said in her career. You know, like, you know, she is a songwriter, but she's not, you know, she doesn't have so big of an ego that she can't sing another person's songs. It's never been an ego thing with her. She's always just wanting to do what's best for the record and what's best for the song. So while the album was being developed, you know, she was still writing music, but you know, she was accepting other things. Clive Davis, who, for those of you who don't know who Clive Davis is, he was the head of her record label at the time, but he is also the man who created Arista Records and he is the man who discovered Whitney Houston back in the 80s. So he's quite a legendary man in the world of music. Him and Kelly always had a very tumultuous relationship. Clive Davis went on record, I'm talking back in mid-2000s when this album was coming out, about him letting Kelly write songs. And he said, I always encourage people to write their own songs, but in the pop arena, where the career is totally dependent on hits, you get skeptical. Artists with great voices like Melissa Manchester and Taylor Dane could have had much longer careers if they didn't insist on writing their own material. To which Kelly said in an interview later, I just think it's funny that all these middle-aged guys told me, you don't know how a pop song needs to sound. I'm a 23-year-old girl, but I was fighting those battles alone. She got really candid about one of her biggest hits, Because of You, the hierarchy in the record label and how hard it was for her to get that song across. So a little backstory on that song. So for those of you who know the song Because of You, it is one of Kelly's most recognizable hits. It was off this record. It was the fourth single on this album. It was a number one hit all over the world. She wrote the song when she was a teenager about her parents' divorce. Getting it on this album was pretty next to impossible for her. I'm going to play you this little clip excerpt from an interview that Kelly did years later. I'm talking... 15 years after the fact, so maybe two, three years ago. She talks about a meeting that she had with Clive Davis after this song had already come out when she was trying to write for her next album and him essentially shutting her down. Take a listen. But uh, it's just it's just one of those things that they had no belief in me like that. So, you know, I told Ben and David, I said, look, if y'all make this happen for me, like I, I'll split the credit with you. Like, I just want this song. It means a lot to me. And I want this to be in my catalog. I didn't even imagine it could be a single. Like I wasn't even dreaming that big. But it's and then uh, this is the this is the most brilliant part of it is I was sitting in an office after being told I was a shitty writer, and, and no one, even someone that was supposed to be on my side in the room with my management company, just sat there and 
listened and didn't say anything. When was this? And this was when? After? This was during the breakaway record. And it's like all these songs, or we're finishing it up kind of, and we're getting the last few songs. And someone is notoriously known for playing songs for people in the room when you're in his office. And he ends up playing Hazel Eyes and Because of You. And he says, see, these are the songs that you need to be recording. So you just need to get in there and sing. And I'm tired of basically you trying to be a writer, blah, blah, blah. You're not. And he lists all these writers. Like, these are writers. Like, right. You're a singer. You're a Whitney Houston. But wait, he's played those two songs and said that? Isn't it ironic? And it felt so good to go. What did you say? To go. Yeah, I know. Because I wrote those. So. I can't imagine what. The, like, how, and then that? he was like, but then he doesn't believe. He doesn't believe me. In his eyes, Ben and David wrote that. Gotcha. And in his eyes, only Luke wrote Hazel Eyes. Even though this was a song that you even, had even though, like, almost completed prior to the first record. Ben and David will tell you, yeah. I mean, if they're being honest, they're, right. which I know Ben will be. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but that, that song was written fully by me. Like, right. I give them full credit for the fact that it would not even exist on a record without them in the sense that, like, I would never have gotten it without their help. Like, I completely own that. So get this, he's literally playing her, her songs that she wrote, saying we need songs like this because he didn't believe that she could write music. She went on to say that he quote unquote said, I was a shitty writer who should be grateful for the gifts that he bestows upon me. Clive Davis has said recently that he loved the song and felt that Kelly could indeed write hits, but this goes against basically everything that Kelly is saying. And the fact of the matter is that he didn't believe that she could write music because she is a woman. She is a young woman. She is a vocalist. She's a Whitney Houston. And he basically put her down so hard. Because of that, she had to fight for her song to be played and it became a number one hit. So some of the other singles on the album were Walk Away, Breakaway, Since Been Gone, and Behind These Hazel Eyes. The thing with all of these songs that you guys have to understand is that they literally all have a specific story to them that Kelly has gone on in detail to write about or mention in an interview. Not every one of these songs was as successful. Not every one of these songs had as dramatic of a story, but they were all hits and they're all signature Kelly songs. So the fact that all of them have some kind of interesting attachment to it is really kind of cool as a fan. Maybe not cool is not the right word, but interesting the right word as a fan because you know as a fan listening to music we don't always realize all the behind the scenes politics that go on when you're making an album i'll give you guys a little step by step and a little song by song we'll start off with breakaway now this song is a little bit less dramatic and actually a little bit more of a happy story for those of you who don't know breakaway was co-written by avril lavigne she had written the song back in 2002 when she was recording her debut album let go which i have a podcast episode on so if you have not listened make sure to listen to my avril lavigne episode on her album let go (laughs) but she wrote the song Breakaway. She recorded it. She ended up not using it. It didn't fit the vibe of the album. And she ended up giving it to Kelly Clarkson, who used it for her Princess Diaries 2 World Engagement soundtrack single. And as the first single for her album Breakaway. And ended up naming the album after that. Why did you give that to Kelly Clarkson? Why wouldn't you record that? That's a really good song. It was a huge hit. What was going through your mind on that? I wasn't feeling it. You didn't feel Breakaway? No. You didn't, but... know, you didn't know it would be a hit? I wasn't feeling it. Like, sometimes that happens. Um, I just, like, wasn't feeling it for me. And Kelly got the song. We gave Kelly the song. and What do you mean I we think gave it, was, it to her? How do you do that? Well, there's... I was asked if Kelly could have the song, and I was like, sure. And then... Um, Had you recorded she, a sort of a demo track of it? Uh, probably, like, a really rough demo. Right. Um, <laughs> that would sound like ass. Right. Um, but, like, <laughs> and, and, like, she did an amazing job. She has... She heard the song Breakaway. Yeah. 
Does she contact you and say, I want the song, or is it all no. done through management? Through management. Through management. And, and then she liked the song so much, she even named the album Breakaway. Yeah. Avril has since gone on to do the song at her tours, and they have a very amicable relationship, which is kind of funny because... If you listen to the Avril episodes, you remember that their first meeting wasn't exactly the best. <laughs> but they ended up having a great working relationship. Avril wrote one of Kelly's biggest hit songs. But it is not Breakaway that had the most dramatic backstory. Oh, no, 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 no. It was the biggest hits on the album, Since You've Been Gone and Behind These Hazel Eyes. Since You've Been Gone and Behind These Hazel Eyes are signature Kelly Clarkson songs. I'm talking like if we're talking her most successful singles, these are some of her more successful singles. They were both written by Max Martin and Dr. Luke. Kelly has a co-writing credit on Behind These Hazel Eyes. So for those of you who don't know who Max Martin and Dr. Luke are, Max Martin is a pop genius. Max Martin is the reason we have the Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, Sync, Pink, Kesha, Katy Perry, Ariana Grande, The Weeknd. He's written some of the biggest songs in pop history for the last 25 years. He's a pop genius. And then we have Dr. Luke, who essentially helped write a lot of those pop songs, and he wrote a lot of big songs like Circus for Britney Spears, Hot and Cold for Katy Perry, Everything by Kesha, which unfortunately we obviously know everything going on with Dr. Luke and Kesha, but before all that, you know, he was writing a lot of her music with her. So they both have very successful pop careers. However, Dr. Luke was virtually a nobody before these songs. He was just Max Martin's protege. So here we have Kelly Clarkson going into the studio with Max Martin and her protege, not knowing what to expect. Clive Davis stated in the promotional interviews for his book and documentary recently, Max Martin was looking to move on from what he had done with Backstreet Boys, and I really spent time convincing him that an American Idol winner could bring all the feeling and passion that was required to the songs. Max Martin and Dr. Luke eventually together agreed, and they invited Kelly to travel to Sweden and to do the songs. And so when Kelly first heard the songs... They were very pop, and she was like, wait, I don't like this. I want to have a little bit more of an edge. I want to have a little bit more rock. And she later went on to say that Clive Davis did not like that and did not like the sound, and he said, you can't do this. This is not going to do well at radio. Max and Dr. Luke actually had to fight with Kelly against Clive to keep the guitar sounds in Since You've Been Gone that are obviously the signature of the song. She claims that he didn't want to do it, and he claims, oh, I wanted to do it. So it's a lot of back and forth, but at the end of the day, the song ended up being very, very successful. It was that rock edge that really changed Kelly's sound and changed her public persona. Since You've Been Gone um, came in the picture um, kind of towards the end of the album when we were getting together with all the songs. And when I first heard it, I was like, ugh, so pop. It didn't have like hardly any guitars. And I was like, oh, I was like, I really don't like the song. I thought it was a cute idea though. I ended up getting together with Max Martin and Luke got all the writers and producers of the song and I was like, you know what, I really want to rock it out. And they, they lit up. They were like, that's what we want to do. It's a fun song to perform. That's like one of my favorite off the record form just because it's so feisty and in your face. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Blast Off with Space Vacation the Musical as the Bloom family from the bright yellow planet takes a wild, weird, and wonderful intergalactic summer vacation. With original songs and stellar comedy, their trip goes delightfully haywire. Fun and adventure for all ages. Space Vacation the Musical on all podcast platforms now. Subscribe today. They had done Since You've Been Gone, and then it was time to do another song. It was the last song that they did for the album, and it was Behind These Hazel Eyes. I'm going to give you guys a little clip of Kelly talking about that back in 2005, followed by an interesting tidbit that I recently 
learned. Behind the Chains Alive, it was actually the last song recorded for the album. Almost didn't get on the album. We had a totally different song written for it, um, lyrically. Something happened in my life. I got out of a bad relationship, and I was I got so burned by it, and I just I was so like ah, and it was just sitting in me and making me miserable. I was like, you know what? I want to write. I want to rewrite this song, rewrite Behind These Hazel Eyes, and totally do a different take on it. So Behind These Hazel Eyes was a different song. It was a different song when Kelly got it. Kelly was like, mm, I'm going through a breakup right now. I'm gonna change up the entire lyrics, and she changes all of the lyrics. That is a song that you hear today. Since we're talking about Dr. Luke, he, in his lawsuit against Kesha, because Kesha was suing him for sexual harassment, was calling upon other female singers that he had worked with in a deposition. In a deposition that Kelly had to go up that was leaked to the public because it is public knowledge and public information, she stated she had a meeting, that infamous meeting where Clive Davis says that you're sh- that she's a shitty writer, and also said, because she had told Clive, oh, I wrote those songs. I wrote because of you. I wrote behind these hazel eyes and he's like no you didn't dr luke wrote behind these hazel eyes and she's like excuse me i wrote that song and he's taking credit and she literally said in court it's hurtful whenever you try so hard and you have been accomplished in a certain area and then somebody just lies about their part in a song but i can pull out the lyrics from a notebook piece of paper that i still have that really frankly pissed me off that's something that happens a lot in the music industry a lot of singers will write their music and they will not get their credit that is something that kelly has been very vocal about happening to her many times which is why she fought for her credit on behind these hazel eyes because she's like I wrote this song. She actually went on to do a song in a few albums after this that she was forced to do with Dr. Luke that she wrote and she purposely took her name off the writing credit because she didn't want her name associated with his. It was the label forcing her to work with him and so she hasn't always had the best relationship with Dr. Luke and it stemmed from the making of this album. It was just very unfortunate. She also says in the deposition, so it just you know and I wasn't there when Dr. Luke apparently had a conversation with Clive but there was another circumstance and I'm not remembering it right now but there were a couple circumstances that frankly pissed me off. A, he was demeaning. He was, as a writer, undermining me. And it's like, well, I mean, I'm aware I have a good voice, but I'm also a good writer. And for somebody that's trying to make it so hard in an industry like himself at the time, because he had not had success before since you've been gone, so you'd think that person would understand how important credit is. Yikes. Nevertheless, Behind These Hazel Eyes and Since You've Been Gone are amazing songs, and Kelly does love them, and she sings them all the time, but she just doesn't love the background story behind them and what it took to make it, and, you know, she will never work with Dr. Luke again. And she, to this day, speaks about him and how awful her experience was working with him. I can, you know, remark on his character, and that's... And that, that unfortunately, when you have that poor of character like so many artists don't like you like don't like working with you and you know that's not normal like you know most of us I mean I get along with everybody I work with I love everyone I work with and he, he's a he's a really he's just not a good guy for me what like, makes him what, what makes him difficult to work with I'm just curious sorry do you mind me asking Oh no! I mean, I mean, obviously he's a talented dude, but it's—he's just um, lied a lot, and like just his character kind of. I mean, I've run into a couple of really bad situations. Like musically, it's been really hard for me because he will just lie to people. So it's like, right. what? Like, and then and then it makes the artist look bad, and and then it just, you know right. he's done it, and he's kind of difficult to work with, kind of demeaning, and and uh, you know it's just kind of unfortunate, and you know because people are like, oh, you've worked with Max and Luke, and I'm like, well, Max and Luke are very different. Right. Um, you know, so, um, but, and I'm not like, you know, obviously the dude is a talented guy, but, um, you know, I just, uh, character wise, oh no, yeah, no, we don't. Yeah. I, I only, I only worked with him, even the last time I worked with him, I only worked with him because literally I got blackmailed by my, my label. <laughs>
I just wanted to take a moment to let you guys know where you can find me on social media. I am on Instagram at Planet2000s, or you can hit me up on my personal page at Michael Kadosh, C-A-D-O-C-H. If you guys want to talk about some good old pop music or just reminisce about some good times, then make sure to hit me up there. I'm also on Twitter or Facebook at Michael Kadosh. Back to the pod. When it came time to actually release Breakaway, the record label was very aware that everybody thought she was just an American Idol. So they created a promotional plan where they were positioning her as RCA Records' top global priority. They actually removed American Idol or former American Idol winner from her official biography. That way, when she was being introduced into foreign markets, they would know her as just a singer, not a singer from a show. Her manager, Jeff Quatness, said that American Idol gave her a lot of exposure that allowed her to skip some steps in her development, and that's hazardous. And so they were booking her for smaller empathy theaters instead of arena tours to own her performance skills because she was able to sell out arenas but they didn't want to take that risk because they're like she's not that great of a performer yet because she kind of just zoomed through the whole process she did perform on pretty major events in this era she performed at saturday night live at the mtv video music awards on oprah the grammy awards the brit awards and she actually ended up going on tour, three different tours, 129 shows worldwide. And that was something that was really important to her. You know, she really wanted to become a worldwide touring artist. You know, with this record, I wasn't nervous at all. I, you know, went in the studio and did a record I I wanted to do and, and the, you know, music I loved. My big goal for this project um, is worldwide. Like, I love touring. That is my favorite thing about my whole job. I will risk and sacrifice everything else with this job so I can tour. Um, and I can only tour so much in the states and I love traveling and seeing the world so I just figure why not be able to do both at the same time so you know um, I, I, my big goal and I had a big talk with my management and, and the record label is you know to become you know more of a world artist rather than just America because I don't like living in the bubble of just America I love America obviously but you know it's so there's so much different culture there's so many different things to see and and learn about and I I love it she definitely accomplished that. I mean, she did 129 shows within a year and a half, most of which were sold out and across three continents. So she definitely became the global sensation that she wanted to be and not just the quote unquote American Idol. Reviews of the album were actually pretty great. Raymond Fiore of Entertainment Weekly gave the album a B rating, noting its rock direction and describing it as Avril meets Evanescence with a splash of Pat Benatar. And the irony is that Evanescence included Ben and David, who she worked with on Because of You and who were obviously members of Evanescence, and she actually dated one of them. <laughs> That's why in that clip earlier, you heard her say, uh, you know, in reference to the two writers of Because of You, one of them will be truthful because, well, she had a relationship with one of them, hence behind these hazel eyes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Billboard magazine credited Kelly Clarkson for landscaping the core sound of mainstream pop music in the 2000s to an up-tempo, dance-oriented sound with the release of Since and Gone and the singles that followed it. The album's producers also came into prominence due to the album's success. Obviously, Dr. Luke, who was a house band lead guitarist for Saturday Night Live, was a nobody when Breakaway was released. And then when he wrote Since You've Been Gone, you know, he became a big star and worked with a lot of people. And Max Martin, who had already found a lot of success working with Britney Spears and Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, achieved a new era of prominence because the pop Y2K era was gone and now he moved on to pop rock. And this success of this album pretty much validated American Idol as well. And it made it seem that just because you come from American Idol, you're not just a novelty act. You can be successful. And we have since seen artists like Carrie Underwood and Jordan Sparks follow in this lead. The album sold 12 million copies worldwide, 6.3 million in the US, and it spent an entire year in the top 20 of the Billboard 200. She was the most played artist on the radio in 2006. Newsweek magazine ranked the album Breakaway the ninth best album of the 2000s, and Rolling Stone magazine 
ranked it 11th best album of the 2000s. She won three American Music Awards, nine Billboard Music Awards, but most importantly for Kelly, she won two Grammy Awards, and she bawled through her entire acceptance speech. <laughs> and the Grammy goes to Kelly Clarkson, six and eight. cry so sorry um thank you so much <laughs> um thank you to everybody um that um has supported me this year including my record label and um my management i love you jeff evan quantness <laughs> and um thank you to my date ashley donovan my first producer in my closet back home when i was a kid um thank you to my mom thank you so much mom i'm sorry i'm crying again on national television <laughs> but um thank you to the fans um thank you for everyone that worked on my record She's so likable and she's so down to earth and that's a huge reason of why I love Kelly Clarkson and why I think that she is so successful today. She has her talk show, The Kelly Clarkson Show, which just won an Emmy and it's been renewed for multiple seasons and it's on syndication. So, you know, she's getting her check. She's on The Voice. She has a new album coming out. I just love Kelly. Unfortunately, she's going through a divorce right now, but we know that that new album that she's going to be releasing this year is going to be amazing. And I'm talking since we've been gone breakaway level. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Planet 2000s. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Give Kelly Clarkson's breakaway album a little stream and have a little jam session with me. And I hope you guys have an amazing day. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. <laughs>